I'm Catherine Mazzone here on behalf of Mojo Streaming, welcoming Andrea Crosta. You're currently the executive director of Earth League International, which I read to be uh, an organization that protects wildlife and the planet using intelligence gathering, which is pretty right. awesome. And by investigating and exposing wildlife criminals and poachers. Right. I first want to get an idea. You're also a consultant, an international consultant. I was. You were. I, yeah. So, so how did those two, did those overlap at all? Is that how you, one led to the other or how did that work? I, so my, my, my circle of life is really, really wide and was actually also very unusual. So I, I was born with a great uh, love for nature and a great desire to protect nature. I was born like that since I can remember. Uh, so I, my first master degree was uh, at the University of Milano was natural sciences and zoology. And I started working for an Italian foundation, working in conservation with uh, you know researchers around the world. And I thought that was my that would would have been my life basically. Uh, but then life happens, and um, and so I I got curious about business. So I did another master degree in business administration and entrepreneurship. And uh, without never leaving uh, conservation, but I jumped into business. So in '98 uh, I launch uh, the second e-commerce company in in history of shopping online in in italy it was a pre prehistory of shopping online with microsoft and uh, i went all the way up 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 and then the nasdaq crash in 2001 and i went all the way down and i so i sold the whole thing and i couldn't and i was already in this space of more or less technology and uh, for a series of uh, factors uh, to make a long story short i spent uh, almost 20 years uh, as a sort of business developer uh, in, um, in in the space of uh, high tech and technologies for security, intelligence, homeland security, anti-terrorism, mm -hmm. all kind of software that you can imagine that governments use to fight uh, <coughs> crime in general and sure. terrorism. Until I was doing this, this work, uh, anti-piracy off the coast of Somalia, all kind of stuff. And... Uh, in 2010, I was in Kenya for uh, my job, um, and it was right in the middle of the elephant poaching crisis when we were when we were losing 35, 40,000 elephants per year for the ivory. And I saw with my own eyes what was happening. I went out uh, with the rangers multiple times, and I also noticed that the whole world was asking the rangers to solve this problem. And I thought. But that's ridiculous. You know, it's, we are talking about the fourth largest criminal enterprise in the world, almost $260 billion per year. And you're asking the rangers to. It's like uh, fighting international narco-trafficking and asking the LAPD here in Washington, yeah. Los Angeles to solve the whole problem. Of course, they can't. They don't. So I said, OK, I start asking. So who is using professional intelligence? Because of my past 20 years working in that field from a technology side, I was I had a lot of connections. So I was very familiar with that word, with word of intelligence. Who is using intelligence to fight environmental crime? And the word was the answer was nobody. Hmm. Uh, and so I decided to do this really crazy thing. So to drop my, you know, stop my work and and begin uh, this sort of obsession to one day being able to create the first intelligence agency for earth using real professional from you know from and then i started recruiting 
former FBI, former CIA, crime analyst, uh, uh, crypto you know, um, crypto specialist, and so forth. And, and to create a small team with the mission to go all the way, highest possible level of environmental crime and laser focus only on the biggest traffickers in the world. Nothing, nobody below them. So we are not working at poaching level, poachers are just poor people trying to make a living. So uh, they, are, they have zero intelligence value. They're not aware of what happens after them. They just kill an animal or cut a tree or illegally fish something, and then they resell it to somebody else. So we research the whole uh, illegal supply chains internationally, and we are interested on, and we are really mapping, identifying all the most important wildlife traffickers and environmental criminals in the world. And they are, and that's our job, our only job. We don't do anything. And then we help with undercover operation. Of course, we got a lot of information from these people. And then we help law enforcement, first of all, to understand what's going on, and then maybe to go after these people one by one. Um, so that's that's how I transition. In, yeah, so that's why it's difficult sometimes to explain sure. the, how I got where <laughs> here. So to be clear, the work you were doing before this, it was conservation work? I started from in, in working in conservation when I right. was 17, 18, and I okay. actually never stopped. But right. for almost 20 years, I was not, was not my main job. I was just sitting on boards and helping other organizations. But my main job was business. And, and then business and related to technologies for uh, security and homeland security anti-terrorism. There are are technologies that are produced by very specialized uh, companies, private companies, and then governments or governmental organizations buy these products to, for example, spy a phone of a terrorist or intercept communication or enter computers and things like that. So I've been doing, or or protect data. And then I also did the, I work for different security companies, so we were doing, you know, protecting um, people at high risk, for example, in Africa, for example, or during the piracy days, we protecting the the vessels, um, you know, leaving the, the the Gulf and getting into Europe. And so, so I I did all kind of that stuff. Never leave it. Never. I mean, I always, the reason why I I stopped doing that is. In, when I was in Kenya is because I was realizing that I was not happy because I was not following my my real only true passion where I was born with so which was protect nature mm-hmm. and I was just looking for the right way to protect nature because I didn't want to copy somebody else I didn't want to do something that already millions of NGOs are doing was what the point and uh, and that's how I came up with the idea okay maybe I can try to do that uh, yeah so you, and, and I think that's awesome because you took activism to the next level. It's not just. No, in fact, we don't. Cons- exactly. In fact, I have uh, the utmost respect for uh, activists, but we are not activists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are professionals coming from different fields and, uh, and we are applying our exper- expertise and to, to, to a very specific cause, which is environmental crime. Right. Which I, I don't know of another organization that's doing that, that are not activists you know what I yeah, mean? and again great respect there are there sure, are a couple sure. of our, there are a couple of organizations that they do investigation and i mm-hmm. you know investigation is is not the same as intelligence we we do 
long-term intelligence and undercover operation. We infiltrate networks and we, we, we get up close and personal, even friends with the most important wildlife traffickers in the world. And then while we are staying with them, we are extracting all kinds of information. So we can stay with them for years in order to really understand how they do what they do. And another thing that set us apart from other organizations is that we work a lot on what is called convergence, which is the convergence of environmental crime with other serious crimes, mm. mostly money laundering, human smuggling, and narco-trafficking. And we collect information also about on that, because then when we share information with trusted law enforcement uh, agencies, it's much easier to get their interest. You know, in other words, if I collect information about rhino trafficking, ivory trafficking, or jaguar trafficking only, it's very difficult to get the attention of big US federal agencies, for example. But if on top of that, I put money laundering and human smuggling, then all of a sudden I have their attention. So we are trying to change the game, okay? So the game has been played so far. So, but in order to change the game, you know, to first to know the game very well, and then right. you change it. And so with the help of convergence, we are trying to, I call it a, uh, the reverse Al Capone approach, meaning Al Capone was taken down for crimes that at the end that were less serious, much less serious uh, than what he committed was tax evasion. We are doing the opposite. We are trying to go after the most important wildlife traffickers in the world and environmental criminals in the world for crimes that are more serious than wildlife crime, like money laundering, for example, or human smuggling. And that's the key, in my opinion, to move forward and to change the game in our favor. Otherwise, the bad guys will always be ahead of us, I guarantee. After 10 years in this business, they know very well how, how to do what they do. And there's no chance to go ahead of us, to, 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 go, to, to be ahead of them, honestly. <clears throat> when you say change the game, do you mean people or officials or law enforcement paying closer attention and... Not only but going I'm, after the wildlife criminals instead yes, of just... Yes, but, uh, but I, yes, first of all, but by what I mean with change the game is when you go after the wildlife criminals, if they're big enough, of course, we're talking about mm -hmm. the top, top uh, players in the world here, not, not poachers or illegal right. fishermen. We're talking about top guys. So this, the, what, by changing the game, I mean, when you go after that guy who is, for example, uh, one of the most important wildlife trafficker in Brazil, I know it's counterintuitive, forget wildlife, go after, use wildlife, use money laundering, use human smuggling, you use other crimes. You, you will get rid of him for a longer time. You will jail him forever. If you keep going after this guy only for wildlife crime, for a series of factors, including very weak laws and, and, and public prosecutors that are not familiar with wildlife crime, you, they don't care about you. It's like, uh, it's really, I mean, and that's, in my opinion, the, that was the main problem of the past probably 20 years. We, everyone, NGOs, media, donors, government, they focus only on the poachers, only on the small fish, only on the low hanging fruits, completely forgetting the big traffickers. Imagine to fight narco-trafficking like this. Imagine what, what, what will happen just by busting people, selling dope here in the park, or, uh, uh, awareness campaigns, please don't do drugs. Imagine to what would, you know, what would be the, so, and this is how we have been fighting environmental crime, just focusing on these two, either small fish and why? Because it's, 
I understand why it's easier. It's much, much easier, not only to do it. If you ask me, please start arresting poachers in South Africa, I can arrest uh, 10 a day. It's not a big deal. But it's also very easy to fundraise for this stuff, okay? Because it's very visual. It's about rangers. It's about money. It's about animals dying. It's about the poachers. And I give you the weapons so you can go out and patrol and kill. Very visual, very cool, very sexy, very easy to fundraise. The same thing on the awareness campaign. Let's put a billboard on in Beijing National Airport. Let's use these 10 celebs that are dying to post something on Instagram to make awareness. Here's the money, very easy to fundraise. But when you want to get into jumping to the right in the middle, when the big, where the big traffickers operate is, is dark, is dirty, takes a long time to get to these people. We, as an organization, we can share with the public maybe 40% of what we do. The rest is unshareable. Then things becomes very difficult, super difficult to fundraise. Hence, nobody wants to do it because it's, you know, it's a waste, you know, they don't want to do it, of course. And that's the problem. In the meantime, those big traffickers got bigger and bigger and bigger, and now they're really big. So how do you get the money to do what you do? With a lot of difficulty. <laughs> With a lot, a lot of, you know, we have to, because donors are really not prepared. They are used to a comp- of the narrative of the past 20 years. They're used to that narrative. The narrative is about poachers or let's change the mind of the consumers in China, for example. They are used to that narrative. So they put money on that and, and they don't, they're not familiar with what is, what is happening at the trafficking level. They, they don't know that the traffickers is a driver of the whole thing, even more than the consumer, because the consumer tomorrow will stop finding, I don't know, ivory on, in the shop, illegal or not, and they will stop buying it. Is the traffickers have been providing the stuff for decades, setting the price, make it available, making sure that it gets into that country. So, but it, they're unknown. They are, I call them, we call them ghosts. They're ghosts. No mm. face, no name. And this is when you get really dangerous. So these people are dangerous, not because of what they do, but because they're ghosts, because nobody knows them. And this is, this is when you really, because you can do whatever you want. And the attention is still always on the poacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where we're trying to change this, of course. <clears throat> So when I, when I hear that, I think of two things. First of all, don't you think that the, the fact that these laws are so weak is, is a significant issue that should be addressed as well? Because yes, why, why shouldn't you be able to bring forth these atrocious crimes by these traffickers, wildlife crimes, and have them be treated not the same as human trafficking, but still serious enough to where we don't have to worry about them coming back out and and harming other animals. Yeah, is, is that a, is that an initiative that you all are? No, we're not part of this. We we our we are fact finders and information and intelligence providers. So we we produce a lot of, uh, for example, confidential reports about these people and these trafficking networks, and we share with law enforcement. It's not my job to change policy, but we bring uh, to the table a. a um, really, really unique uh, data and information coming straight from the mouth of the most important traffickers in the world. So this is information that you either go there and get it, or you will never get it. There's, you don't, there's no other place. On the, so you have to get 
friendly with them and become one of them and then get this information. But I can tell you this about laws. Laws are important, but if you do not apply the law, if you don't enforce the law, law laws mean absolutely nothing, okay? This is the first thing. In fact, there are countries around the world that in the past years made significant progress, updated their laws against wildlife trafficking, and still it's happening. Why? Because they don't apply the law. You can have the second thing I wanted to do, don't be fooled just by the law. Think about narco trafficking, okay? If they get you with a suitcase of cocaine in an airport, your life is over. That in some countries you actually get executed, but that's it. You're, you're, you, they will put you away forever with this amount of cocaine. And still, lots and lots of people try. Because what is crime? Crime, at the end of the day, is very simple. It's fast money. That's it. That is crime. Crime is money without doing the right thing, right? So you will always have, no matter what laws you have, you will always have a lot of people willing to break the law just to make good money, especially in countries where, imagine, for example, in, in, in certain parts of Africa, traffickers, big traffickers, they can offer these people one, two, three years of salary to kill an animal. Okay, to kill an elephant, for example. Three years of salary to someone who has no job and maybe a family of 10 waiting for him at home. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't matter which law you have in the country, I would, I would say yes. Yes, of course I kill an animal for three years of salary. It will change my life and the life of my family. So that's why it's, 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 I'm always saying it's very dangerous to oversimplify something that is complex, okay? You achieve nothing by oversimplifying things. Unfortunately, again, media, NGOs, they need to oversimplify because they need to talk to people and they need to be... Un so the, the narrative is constantly oversimplified. And again, the, you, we're doing a big favor to the big traffickers because they're always out of this narrative. And you bring up something that I wanted to talk about as well. When you when you mentioned um, the media, what I've noticed is kind of a shift or an evolution in wildlife conservation related media. We're seeing yeah. a lot more of it, and we're seeing more authenticity. It's it's transformed, and and you have been involved in several films that received a lot of acclaim. Uh, so. How did you decide to do something like that, knowing that the media sometimes doesn't always get it right? Was there was there a lot of consideration? Was there yeah. a lot of discussion? And how important was it that you took that on so that you could create more awareness? Yeah, it's a great question. And I realized that our work without the media is not so powerful. So we need to get the media on board somehow, at least the right media. And that's why, you know, when they asked me for the first time for the first documentary to do the ivory game uh, a few years ago, I said, yes, these are the rules, of course. To, it was not easy because we work with a lot of undercover operation, operators. They cannot be seen. They cannot be, you know, it's, it's a lot of, but once you get that, it's totally doable. And the ivory game was a great, uh, was a great, very powerful product you can still watch it on netflix mm -hmm. the second is sea of shadow with uh, sea of shadows and legal fishing in mexico with national geographic both co-produced by leonardo dicaprio and we are working now on a third product uh and i in the meantime i opened my own film production company to be sure to be able to 
produce good stuff and, and to have editing control and to, you know, to be sure that the narrative is correct on the way up. Because we, we you know, I, in the first two documentaries, I had no control. And then, so I just saw the final product and I, and I could have changed a few things, honestly. Um, but that's super important to change the narrative, you know, to change the way we talk about this problem, um, to stop calling people who are, you, so back in the day, would you would you have called Pablo Escobar, uh, um, I don't know, a, a, a drug, uh, you know, how do you call it, these people who sell drug in the street? A drug dealer? Yeah, but of small, very small caliber, like the one. Yeah, I, like a pusher. Yeah, pusher. So would you have called, you know, would, would you have called Pablo Escobar was a pusher in your opinion? No. No. No, exactly. In this space, we are still calling poachers everyone. So narrative changing the narrative starts from these things that are not little. Okay, you don't you don't and 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 so with these films, we are trying to show the people, hey, there is another level of environmental crime, wildlife trafficking that you are not aware of it, because they are ghosts again. Our our job is to put name and faces on these people and also explain how they do what they do. And at the same time, how they explain that these people are capable during the same meeting, they can offer you three tons of shark fins, 300 jaguar fangs, rhino, and then they switch like, like this. And they start talking about human smuggling, how they smuggle 300 people through this border every month, every day, they make half a million dollars from human smuggling. And then they change again, then money laundering, same people, same network. They explain you how they launder half a million dollars a day doing this and doing that, fooling, you know, using crypto. And so these are the same people. We are trying to explain everyone, you want to fight environmental crime? Okay, so you have to be aware of this level. If you're not aware of this level, you are a boy scout. They absolutely do not care whatever you do. Doesn't matter law, poaching, anti-poaching. They simply don't care. Exactly in the same way, back in the days, imagine to go to Pablo Escobar and telling him, wow, they already, they arrested 100 people in Los Angeles. I, I don't care. I really don't care. I have a million more of these people. So it's not a, not even a, there's nothing positive. About it. So we're trying to change this also with documentaries and, and filmmaking. That's, uh, that's actually, you answered several questions. <laughs> uh, so how does someone, how does someone do that? If say that I wanted to get involved and I wanted to be authentic in and what I was showing in my wildlife conservation filmmaking, um, how, how would you suggest people do that? Because I think that there is a strong urge, but there's also, and I've asked other filmmakers this, but there's also a responsibility that you have. Uh, so, so how do you satisfy that responsibility while also you know, presenting a great product? That's a big, a big question, uh, absolutely. And I had the multiple discussions with the producers and the director uh, of, on the previous two documentaries, because I was, uh, was at the beginning. Now I'm not green anymore, but I was green, so everything was new for me to me. So, but I saw the discussion of balancing. Uh, okay, this is real. This is true. We have to say this, 
but it's boring and it's not visual. So no. And that's a big, for me, that I, that, that's, that's no, this is the main thing. This is the problem. You have to come up with a way creatively to show it with graphic novel, with different kind of you know, tools, whatever. But if you leave it outside the story, they will, not, they will miss the point. And when you miss the point, you don't work for the cause anymore. Then the documentary becomes, or the film becomes only a product to make money. And then, and this is where we are not agree anymore. I understand that has to be a good product. Absolutely. I understand that you have to make money. Absolutely. But if it's about earth or any other cause, not, not, not necessarily wildlife animals can be about people can about other problems. You have to truth should guide you all time. So you have to put out the truth. First of all, find a way, but if you don't do that, just because you, you, you want to produce a cooler product, then we have a problem. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's, a, that's an impediment. That's a hurdle for many people. You always have to put yourself in the shoes of my clients. You know, my main client is Earth. And then I have sub-clients, okay? So I'm, maybe I'm working for the rhino. Maybe I'm working for the, whatever, for the vaquita, for the elephant, for the jaguar, for the tiger, for the forest, for the sharks, for the way, all clients, okay? So imagine that you're doing a documentary or something about them. And imagine that they can talk and see the final product and tell you, hey, but you left out the main thing. They, don't, they will not get anything. They will not understand why I am dying with this kind of product. So are you working for me or are you working for yourself, for your ego, for your career, for money? Because this, if this is the second option, the second answer, then I'm not interested anymore. I'm sorry, I need another one to work for me. And my, my first responsibility is them. First of all, before, I, before, my, before the donors, before the board of my board members, before the media, them, first of all, because they cannot talk, they cannot defend themselves. That's, the, that's, that's simply, simply because of that. I mean, that's, that's really the point of, of everything, right? Is to give pe people, yeah. animals, a voice that, that don't have them. At the same time, <coughs> you have to, if you're a professional, you have to also, of course, I'm not saying you, have, you also have to understand the needs of the entertaining sure. people, right? They need to put out it because if they tell the truth and then the product sucks, then, then no also not working, it. right? So also it's not good for the client. So that's why I got caught in this. And I mean, I decided to create my own production company. We are working already on two, three products with the intent of balancing why we are doing it with with also being able to to do something really nice really cool that people will enjoy of course and it sounds like you have i mean you're obviously successful but you didn't do it for the success you didn't oh, do no. it for all of this has been because you've been following your passion because i was following myself i still remember myself when i was six or seven years old i wanted to do this that's all that's i just I was just, I'm just following or, 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 or um, yeah, I'm, I'm just that person, that small person. I'm still him, right? I'm just doing for that. And um, so there's, I, I have no hidden agenda. I can disappear tomorrow, poof, and go back doing whatever I was doing before. I was making three times the money. I had weekends and vacation that I don't have anymore. So I, I don't have any strange agenda. I just want to do 
I want just to fulfill not only the dreams, but the what what even that little boy at seven year old thought it was important because someone has to protect Earth. The only realization that I had during the life is that okay, we need something with more teeth and more professionals, and it, we, we need to change the game here. Otherwise, we're always running after these people and we'll never be ahead of them. So let's create something that will scare them even to the point of scare them. Because I don't want to arrest them all. Is, 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 the point is not to arrest them all. The point is to tell them the game's changed. Now you cannot do anymore what you have been doing so far with no consequences. I bring in the big boys in the US, we are working with the Homeland Security. We give information to half the US government about these people. The game changed now. You have, you, it's your chance to get out of nature crime. Otherwise, we'll get you sooner or later. So uh, we're trying to, to, to send this message to these people and indirectly, of course, because they don't know who we are. We are ghosts as well. So I have a quick question about the work you've done, especially in Africa, the officials there and even the the uh, people who are supposed to be protecting wildlife are involved in, in a lot of these, this trade and this trafficking. Yeah. Have you seen that and experienced that? And has that been an impediment to your work? <clears throat> of course, of course. I mean, uh, we have information and it's in, let's, let's, you know, if you pick any big national park uh, in Africa, like Kruger National Park, for example, in South Africa, where, where they have poaching problems because they have uh, very valuable animals like rhinos or elephants. Lots and lots of rangers are, are on the payroll of, of, of bigger poachers and traffickers, of course. But again, you go back to the, we go back to the, what we were saying before. Uh, just by turning their, their face during the night towards another direction, so the gate is open and the poachers can get in. Just by turning the face, they don't have to kill anyone. They get uh, three months of salary. Of course, of course, it's so easy. I call it the temptation factor. So sometimes here from the US or from Europe at our desk in our nice bubble, because we're all living in bubbles here, we don't understand how it is to grow up in the middle of nowhere in Africa, you know? And so it, someone arrives and gives you money that you've never seen in your life just mm -hmm. by closing your eyes. You close your eyes, of course, you close your eyes. Who are we to tell him not close your eyes? Actually, personally, in Africa, every person who says no is a hero for me because how can you say no when you have nothing, right? And, and still we can see it's crazy because we... From our you know, social media, and whenever we post the news, the villain, it's still the poacher. People just don't get, they, it's very difficult to create, you know, to change the mindset of, of millions of people around the world. Who, and you, I, we can see because they leave awful, awful comments that we have to sometimes, you know, censor mm -hmm. and think about the poachers. Oh, kill them all. Yes, one poacher died. We are all happy. They don't understand that they're talking about very, very poor people who have nothing. And, uh, and it's too easy here from here, Los Angeles or New York, uh, you know, say something like that. It's not fair. For those who are really passionate about wildlife like you are and who have that dream of turning that passion into a career, right. what, what would you tell them? 
So what I usually answer is that uh, the fight for Earth changed a lot in the past years, right? In the past few years. Back in the days uh, when I grew up, actually, uh, was just, you know, was the basic, pretty much the work, the job of biologists and scientists that's, and maybe activists. Okay, yes. Greenpeace and all, you know. But it changed dramatically. So now we need professionals. So of all kinds. So we need uh, good lawyers. We need uh, good uh, uh, cyber expert. Uh, we need uh, good media people. We need good writers. So uh, crimes, of course, in my case, crime specialists. So I can tell you in my organization, we are an environmental organization, right? So the only person in the team with experience in conservation and science is me. All the rest are all, all walks of life. Uh, and that's why, because it changed a lot, the way you fight for Earth. It's way more complicated at many different levels. So you, you need real experts and professional in different fields. So it's kind of easy in a way, I mean, easier maybe, than in the past, if you have this uh, uh, drive and if you want to do that, but you don't, you're not particularly interested in biology and zoology and conservation, you can still work for an organization like us with coming from a completely different, with a completely different background, of course. Of course, we use a lot of people, uh, as we use a lot of people with experience in crime and fighting crime at different levels, of course, but. It's not just us, of course, even large NGOs now have all kind of professionals working for them. And it sounds like you're all working towards a common goal. So even though they might not be interested in biology, they might be more interested in criminal justice. For example, they, they have a passion for for the planet. Ab and uh, absolutely. My, my, my great example is my senior. Uh, I call it senior, but she's 28, 29. Uh, so the main analyst that we have in our company, she's been working with us uh, for a few years, and uh, and she's uh, she's she study she study uh, crime and international relationship and terrorism, and she did a couple of masters and internships, at, and then she came working with us, you know, with zero, never studied, but she has this passion. She wants to use that those skills to fight for the for this cause. So it's totally possible. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your time.